Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I've always enjoyed conversations with our next guest. Very relevant, very much to the point, and something we need to continue to talk about, and that is what happens in our relationship with First Nations, with Indigenous people in this country, and the issue of reconciliation. In June of 2021, Chief Cadmus DeLorme of Cowess's First Nation in Saskatchewan announced the finding of 751 unmarked graves at a cemetery near the site of the former Marieval Indian Residential School. There are many issues uh, that still stand forward or come to the fore for First Nations. We live in a country where entire communities of people are living with unsafe drinking water. Think about that. So what has to happen in 2023? This year, in the spirit of national reconciliation, last year we had the papal visit. Chief Cadmus DeLorme joins us from Cowess's First Nation. Chief, good to speak with you. I, I never know when it's time to stop saying Happy New Year, but Happy New Year. Thanks, Roy. Happy New Year. Back to you. How far have we come, Chief DeLorme, as far as true con- reconciliation is concerned? As we talk on this first weekend of 2023, how far have we come? Mm-hmm. Thanks, Roy. You know, in January of 2023, uh, we all inherited uh, the history as Canadians, new Canadians, generational Canadians, Indigenous people. Uh, we're still at a moment of truth right now. And reconciliation is happening in certain, spe- in, in certain areas. But I do believe that when you think of the floor and the ceiling, I don't think we've hit the floor yet in regards to truth. Every time we tend to be making a step forward, it seems that we take two steps backwards. And it's not one government's um, um, reasoning why our certain sectors. It's the fact that we as Canadians have never been really told the truth to now. So now that truth is prevailing, reconciliation will come, but it'll only come once we truly identify the truth of where we're at in our relationship today. Why is that a problem? You know, this, I, uh, Roy, I'm a proud Canadian. I'm a proud Saskatchewanian. I'm a proud Indigenous person. And I feel every time that we start to talk about truth, it, there's, a, there's a feeling of guilt. There's a feeling of, um, well, I didn't do it. There's a little bit of ignorance. There's a little bit of, uh, um, you know, accepting the truth. And, you know, secondly, it's generational. Our education system kind of set us up for this moment of ignorance and accidental racism when it comes to the truth of Indigenous people and the relationship Indigenous people have with Canada. So the kitchen table across this country, those conversations have to be understood that we kind of got told the difference of not the truth in the past. So once truth prevails, Roy, I tell you, reconciliation will come in all different levels. Chief DeLorme, one of the things that I notice, and I and I notice it right away, I'll, I'll be see, receiving emails in the next few minutes because I mentioned the fact that there are First Nations communities in this country that are still living with the reality of unsafe drinking water. In a first world nation like Canada, that should not only be intolerable, that should have been defined as intolerable decades ago, a hundred years ago, whenever we developed the, the ability to make water safe and pure. 
and yet it goes on in January of 2023. I believe there's a common sense, a common denominator sense among many Canadians that it's intolerable. Do you, th- what, what common denominator issues do you think exist, which will bring people together, which will make um, the, the, the whole uh, idea of the reality of um, reconciliation come to the fore? Mm-hmm. Every Indigenous person has a nation, a community, a reserve that, that, that they call home. And... Um, you know, some live there, some live in the cities, but it, it's home. It, it, it's, it's a place that you always know is called home. And um, nations are 630 across this country. And some are in the more populated areas and some are in the not so populated areas. And so when it comes to what our just human rights are in a, in a country that's a G7, uh, our index is six in the world in regards to living, but we don't actually include the on-reserve living conditions, which makes us 63rd on the index in the world when it comes to many First Nation reserves. And uh, it is a government responsibility. It's the fiduciary obligation of the government, but it's also our provincial governments have to play a bigger role. And our municipalities and local RMs have to play a role. That mentality of, First Nations are a federal responsibility. If we don't change our mentality as Canadians on that, we are going to be handing this off to the next generation to address as well. And we don't want that, Roy. I I can tell in my journey of life that no Canadian wants to hand us off to the next generation. So there is a lot of investment needed. Uh, First Nation reserves are a very beautiful place. There are some denominators that you talked about. I'm going to just mention a few. Uh, is poverty. As a chief, one chief in this country, I manage poverty with my council and leaders, 70% of our agenda. So 30% is spent on economics and and growth and innovation. And we did inherit something where the mental, emotional, and physical, and even spiritual slash religion of how we address the denominators is, is a challenge. You know, you go into the you see these um, certain court cases, you see the justice system, the social services. So when you're trying to think innovative and economic, but yet the, the most of your time is spent on managing poverty, we do seek outside to help us in innovation to get through this together. It is stunning when you say that 70% of your time, yours as chief and your counsel, your advisors, is spent on dealing with the issue of poverty at your First Nation at Cowess's. That is, that just, that just stopped me in my tracks. Yeah, I, you know, there's um, there's every First Nation and sometimes tribal councils, and, and there's many different ways that, that approach Indigenous governance. And, um, you know, we, we will get through this, but we got to understand the end goal. What is the end goal of reconciliation and when it comes to um, the on-reserve um, challenge of, of drinking water to, to housing, there is a huge housing crisis in First Nation on-reserve today. And it's, it's parity. Indigenous people want parity while ha- not having our Indigenous worldview picked at anymore. Because one of the things that we got to accept in this country today is that we were built on Western worldview. Today in reconciliation, what that means is we now must welcome in Indigenous worldview. 
the pie isn't going to get bigger where we can just add on to our Western worldview. We actually have to find ways to substitute a little bit of our Western worldview to welcome more Indigenous worldview. And it's a beautiful worldview. I think that's a missed opportunity this country has had to this point. And it truly is going to make us one of the best countries in the world the day that we can all get on the same understanding of what reconciliation means to all of us. Chief um, Delorme, again, there was, and I believe, I imagine, there's still great fear, great concern about the well-being of youth in First Nations. We'll go back to what I said before the break. Suicide rates were making headlines not long ago. Political leaders all had uh, things to say, and they were determined to uh, to improve the situation. But I don't hear much about it anymore. And uh, as I said before the break, I suspect not. it's not because the issue has disappeared. Yeah. The, um, the youth are, are our drivers in our country. It doesn't matter, Indigenous, non-Indigenous. Our, our youth, uh, their, their education system, their driver of hope. And, uh, and, and, you know, Indigenous youth today, we're talking about the first generation that is not raised uh, within an institution we now identify as a residential school. We're talking 1996, the last school closed. So our, our youth are... are uh, they have the opportunity more than prior Indigenous generations. But we still have the intergenerational trauma of what residential school tried to do, you know, to brainwash the minds, to loss of control in language, in social, in spiritual, in health, and economic. So our youth have a lot on their shoulders today as Indigenous people. They they are making their kokums and mushums proud, as we say in our Indigenous language, grandmas and grandpas, in sports, in education, in social clubs, and uh, whatnot. But a lot of youth, the ceiling of how they see our country is based sometimes on their family and how they're addressing intergenerational trauma. We need a lot of investment today in families to lift that of intergenerational trauma. It comes in many ways from social services to, to youth sports to youth education. The more we lift that ceiling, Roy, the more our Indigenous youth across this country are going to succeed. Chief, one of the key issues for you at Cowis is you've talked about managing poverty, taking 70% of your time and that of your council and advisors. But on a Perhaps more broad sense. What are the what are the chief issues for you? And I I go back. Uh, I guess when I talk about Cowboys and I talk to you, I always think about the um, the uh, message you delivered about the unmarked graves issue. What are the issues for you, mm-hmm. uh, Roy? I I need a whole uh, afternoon with you to to really identify the issues, but I just wanted to talk about two at this time. There, there's many, and these are not priority, please. There's many, but I'll talk about two. I'll talk about, as Indigenous people, we we still feel oppressed. As much as uh, the mines and the orange shirts and the, uh, the ribbon skirt National Day that just happened, you know, there is great progress. Please, I don't want to come across as negative here, but there's still oppression happening. Oppression in, I'll give you an example. Right now, the province of Saskatchewan and the province of Alberta, they are frustrated. And in the Western world view, they are trying to create a Sovereignty Act, a Saskatchewan Act. You know, as a chief, you know, that is, that is challenging because 
we've been dealing with this oppression or this frustration for 165 years. And, you know, there's two provinces in our country that are, are upset and frustrated for their own reasons. I'm not discrediting them. But, you know, they're pushing forward their laws to hopefully give them more autonomy. Whereas First Nations, we have always tried to uphold our treaties. And one of the main foundations of our treaties is peace is working together. And so, you know, the frustration of the chief and many leaders across this country is that we, we want to respect this hybrid life that we have today in Canada. But at what point do the rights holders, Indigenous people in economics, and how do we make sure that we are equity partners so that we could use our, our profits to invest in our languages, to invest in our, our intergenerational trauma, the fiduciary obligation will always have to happen from government. But, you know, we have to go back to the Constitution of Canada, Section 91 and 92. That is 100% Western worldview. There was no Indigenous involvement. And so, you know, as we are moving forward, where does the rights of Indigenous people fall in our Constitution today? It's not just Section 35, but we have to address some very colonial parts. And so that's one. The other one would be internal in the in the nations in the, on the reserve is um, with the unmarked graves, it's validation of the pain and frustration and anger many are facing as Indigenous people. Secondly, the pandemic, the mental and emotional state that that has put many on reserve and most likely off the reserve as well, but I'm just going to focus my comment to on reserve and I'll finish off in 20 seconds here, Roy, is the the challenge of really what we inherited as Indigenous to Indigenous. We've kind of become our own worst enemies at time today. And we kind of have our own truth and reconciliation we need to do. Not the 94 calls to action that the residential school survivors asked of Canada, but Indigenous people, we kind of have our own truth and reconciliation. It's almost like an adding of forgiveness in there. And that is the challenge that leadership face, that elders face, that youth face. We're going to get there, Roy, but we need investment so we can do ours as well. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 